Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. We're at a new series uh, entitled At the Table, and uh, we're just going to dive into this. So open up your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms, and we're going to look at Psalms chapter 23. Um, a number of years ago, I took my brother-in-law uh, to Portland, Oregon, and honestly, I just had it on my heart to, to kind of take him there. I grew up in a, a home that expressed love through giving. This was before Gary Chapman's book on the five love languages, uh, where like now I know love can be spoken through different languages and like all those other kinds of things. But in our family, it's like if my, my parents wanted to show love to us, they gave to us. So a lot, they would come home with a gift, and it's like, well, why are you giving us this? It's not our birthday. I didn't make good grades. <laughs> like, why are you giving me this? And they said, it's a happy. It's a gift for no other reason than to make you happy. And I'm like, I love the Sims house. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Uh, and so out of that, happies were just given all the time. Like my parents would come home from a trip. There'd be happies. My mom would go to Walmart. She'd come home with a happy. In fact, to this day, it's really marked uh, me so much that, and, and my family's trying to adjust to my expectations. When, when they walk in from like a store, I'm like, what'd you get me? Uh, because it's like cue, the, the cue, and then the response is store equals happy, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, we kind of have that running through. So that's how I grew up expressing love, and that's oftentimes one of the chief ways I express love is by giving. And so we see this kind of play out in our family a good bit. And for my brother-in-law, I had it on my heart to take him out of all places to Portland, Oregon. I just felt like my heart kind of bending in that direction. And so I, I've walked with the Lord long enough to, to know that whenever I have something on my heart to kind of follow it and go with it. And at the time, I thought it was just because he liked coffee a lot. Uh, like, and he does. You know, he likes coffee as much as I do, which is saying something. And so Portland has like a major kind of coffee scene. And I'm like, well, well, it'll be fun to go try. And so we're there and we're knocking out all the coffee shops we can knock out. It's wonderful. And while we're walking, just drinking coffee from coffee shop to coffee shop, uh, I'm incredibly aware of the Spirit of the Lord moving in my heart, and I just sense his longing to do a work there. And so if I said it once, I said it at least 20 times, I'm like, there needs to be a church in Portland. Like, Jesus needs to do something in, in Portland, Oregon. Like, I, I can sense his heart for this place. I can sense the spirit hovering over the waters, per se, like you see in Genesis, like just a stirring in my spirit. So we're talking about that, like, at every turn. A little did I know, you know, I was sowing seed into his heart uh, for God to actually lead him and his family to go plant a church there, uh, which will open next year. But anyway, the last night uh, that we're there, we're at this restaurant, and we're just sitting there enjoying this meal, and I see this guy walk in, and when he walks in, he stops at the table right next to us, and he tells the, the guy, he's like, hey, are you a Michigan fan? And the guy had on a Michigan Wolverines hat, you know, the blue hat with the, the yellow M, and uh, he says, are, are you a Michigan Wolverines fan? He said, actually, I am. I went to Michigan. And so they start talking about Michigan football. And this guy seamlessly, I mean like an artist, 
somehow or another takes Michigan football over into a conversation about Jesus Christ. Like, I have no idea how it kind of got there, but this man took it there in a beautiful way, and he's praying with this table. They're rededicating their lives to Jesus. God's just breaking out right there at the restaurant. And so he walks by me, and I'm like, I'm like, sir. And he you know, looks at me, I'm like, who are you? And we, we start talking. I tell him I'm a pastor, and he tells me he's an evangelist. He goes from city to city, uh, just winning people to the Lord Jesus, just like that. I'm like, man, that's amazing. I'm like, God bless you. And so he walks away, and have you ever felt, like, convicted spiritually before? Uh, and, like, I'm sitting there in the booth, and I sense, like, major conviction on my heart, and I realize what I've done. I have sensed a stirring of the Spirit of God for like literally two days in this city, and I have done nothing to take action on it. I sense like God wants to do something amazing, and I see it happen right there in a restaurant. I'm like, this is wonderful, and God's like, that's what I've been trying to do this whole time, like through you. I'm like, I surrender, Lord Jesus. Uh, So anyway, I'm like, so that's what that was. It wasn't just me seeing they need a church. It's like, how about you be the church? Uh, So anyway, I repent there at the booth, and as soon as I do, God speaks to me through his spirit with a word of knowledge. Um, now, and for those of you who have ever read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you see the different gifts of the Spirit, and you see power gifts in there, like gifts of healings, working of miracles, the demonstration of great faith. Um, but you also see revelation gifts where God reveals something. Um, sometimes it can be through the word of wisdom, and the word of wisdom is where God shows you something in your future. The word of knowledge is where God shows you something in your, your uh, present or something in your past. And out of this, the gifts of the Spirit is where God becomes incredibly real in our lives. Um, He says that when these things are in operation, that people will fall down on their knees and report that God is real and that God is in you in truth. And this is why the gifts of the Spirit are so important for me to walk in and for you to walk in because Scripture tells us it is for everyone. It's not just for like the Navy SEALs of spirituality. It's for everybody. Um, If you're called by the name of the Lord, filled with God's Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are there to make God real to you and to make God real to others. And so for me, because I think of my background of growing up in a house of giving, and then also my father had this kind of demonstrated in his life is oftentimes he would get words of knowledge about financial needs. Um, like one of the, the instances that impacted me most, I think it's like 14, and we went to, to Tulsa for camp meeting. That's what you do for summer vacation, apparently, when you're the, the, the kid of a preacher. And we're there, and camp meeting took forever. Uh, and so we finally get out of church, and the only place that's open is Perkins. Uh, and I don't know if any of you remember Perkins, uh, but like they had pies. Somebody's clapping for Perkins. Yes, Perkins. Pie, yes, we can clap for those things. Uh, so out of that, we're at Perkins, and the waitress walks up, and I never will forget this moment. It just shows you the power of a gift of the Spirit. My father, I see him, because I'm sitting next to him, like leave a tip on the card that is like $327.48, like incredibly specific with cents. And he hands, you know, just fills it out and hands it back to her. And she comes back to the table like she is sobbing, 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 sobbing. 
And she, she opens it up and she says, you don't understand. And she points to the amount. She's like, this is the exact amount of my rent. She said, I'm a Rama school, a student, which was the Bible school my father went to and later I went to. And she said, I literally, I'm from Iowa. I was about to move back to Iowa because I told the Lord it was too tight here financially that I couldn't afford for life and Bible school. And she's like, I made up my mind tonight. I was quitting. And for, for God to move this way and like, come on, how many of you know the Lord is real? Well, for young me sitting at the table, it's like, I want that. And I saw a lot of things in church. It's like, I don't know if I want that. But when I saw that, I'm like, I want that. Whatever that was, like, I want that. Um, and the Lord, through his grace, um, will give me that. Um, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. And so I will get words of knowledge uh, a lot of times about what people need financially or about what ministries need financially. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just repenting at this booth, and I'm like, Father, if you can use anybody, you can use me. Whatever you want to do, I'm not just going to sense you're moving on the waters of my heart. Like, show me what word you want me to speak so your Holy Spirit can move to cause some beauty in this world. Because uh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He hovers across the darkness waiting on the word. And so he's there moving, but he's got to be activated to turn something ugly into something beautiful. And that's what the Spirit of God does. Uh, so out of that, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, if you can use anybody, you can use me. And as soon as I, I just say that in my heart, the Lord speaks to my heart. And he tells me an amount to give our waitress. And I know it's a word of knowledge. So same thing happens. She brings the bill. And, you know, I, I give her my credit card. She goes and swipes it, and then you get to leave the, the tip. And I, I tell her, I'm like, I'm a Christian. And I said, I'm, I don't know what that means to you, but it means to me I, I talk with the Lord and I walk with him. And I really felt impressed to give you this amount. And I write out the tip in front of her. And it's, it's you know, hundreds of dollars with cents. And so out of that, um, she's looking at this. And when she sees me finish it, she starts bawling. I mean, like crying, crying at the table. And she's like, you don't understand. She said, um, I am a single mom. My son is autistic. And she said, this month has just been wild financially. She says, so much has come up that she said, I had to pick between feeding my son or paying my electric bill. And she said, I, I chose to, to buy groceries for my son. And she said, this is the exact amount of my electric bill. She said, on the way to work tonight, on the way to work tonight, I told the Lord, I said, Father, I need you to show up in my life. Somehow, some way, I need your provision to show up. She's like, I, just hours ago, I was on the interstate. Tears coming down my cheek, head lifted up to God, asking God to show himself real on my behalf. And God met her exactly where she was. And I said all that to say, there is no need in your life that the Father does not have greater affection for. Um, God's affection for you is so big, it is greater than any need you have. And there is no need that you have that God does not have a supply for. Um, I, I don't care what you're facing right now financially, in your, your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your business, 
and maybe this is a seed for your future, where in your future a need arises financially. I don't care what need arises financially, there is no need that you have that your father does not have a supply for. God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord who sees, and he is the Lord who provides. I, I love that statement, God is Jehovah Jireh. Uh, that's an Old Testament term. It came from Abraham. Abraham was asked by God to go offer up his only son, Isaac. And like a champ, the Bible says, he rose up early the next morning. Uh, he was so surrendered to the Lord. How surrendered are you? S seriously, he was so surrendered to the Lord. The Lord asked for his son. And the Bible says he wakes up early the next morning to give him. And he takes his son and his servants, and he's like, we're going to the mountain to worship. So they gather the wood, they gather up, you know, the fire, all these other types of things, and they get to the top of the mountain. And he's there, and his son Isaac looks at him, he's like, I see the wood, and I see the fire. Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says this famous statement, he says, the Lord himself will provide. Oh, I like that. The Lord himself will provide. Well, I think it would do good at all of our campuses. Come on, let me hear you, Fondren, Highland Colony, Lakeland, say it when they say, the Lord himself will provide. Yes, he will. He will, he will. And he looks at his son, he says, the Lord himself will provide. And sure enough, he straps that boy up on that altar and the angel, he, he gets the knife up and the angel has to call his name twice. He's like, Abraham, Abraham, like stop, uh, don't do it. And he looks over and he sees a ram caught in a thicket, or as my father would say, a ram caught in a jam. Um, and, and he would always say that. He's like, whenever there was an he's like, there's a ram in a jam somewhere. We don't know exactly where it is, but there is a ram in a jam. Uh, and that was his way of saying the Lord God sees and provides. And it says that at that place, um, Abraham spoke over it, Jehovah Jireh. And it means the Lord who sees and provides. How many of you know the Lord sees your need? He sees what you're facing. He sees the storm that you're in. He is not ignorant concerning those things that cause concern for you. But he not only sees it, he provides for it. The Lord himself will provide. Uh, this series is based off of Psalms 23, and I just want to read this. Like, it blessed me just even at the 830 service over at Highland Colony, just reading this. And I would love for us, I know it's a famous passage of Scripture. I know for many of you it's your famous psalm. Uh, but I want to encourage you, get in it this month. And like, just speak it over your life, say it as much as you can, read it as much as you can, meditate in it, let different parts of it minister to you all throughout this month. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What is that provision? He makes me lie down in provision. He leads me besides quiet waters. What is that peace? He's bringing me into provision and he's bringing me into peace. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You do prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice verse 5, surely you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Um, I love the honesty of Scripture. The Scripture does not hide the sin of the people who are in it. It shows us their humanity uh, to give us hope. (laughs) That if God can use them, he can use us. Uh, But the Bible does not promise you that even in your walk with a good shepherd, which is our Heavenly Father, uh, that you will not go through a valley of the shadow of death, where it looks like death or a season that is passing, where things are passing, people are passing, a moment is passing that would cause other sorrow, that that doesn't exist. He's like, that does exist in this life, but I will walk you through it. I'm not going to leave you there. I will walk you through it. And while I'm walking you through it, I will comfort you. And then he also says, I'm I'm not going to make it seem like you're not going to have any enemies. There will be things that come against your life, things that come against your health, things that come against your family. There will be things that come against you. But he says, even in the presence of those enemies, I will do something. I will prepare a table for you. Um, And it gives the implication here, like when you read it through all these different translations, that God has prepared this feast, that you're just feasting upon it while your enemies look on. So it's like the enemies are there, uh, but the enemies are just watching you not lose your peace, not lose your joy, not lose your hope, not lose your faith, because your heavenly father has prepared a feast for you right in their presence. And this is the the heart of our father. This is the heart of our good shepherd is God wants to take care of us. And of course, one of the enemies that we're all um, familiar with uh, and that seems to be kind of the enemy that a lot of people are looking at currently, isn't it amazing how it shifts uh, the enemies, the enemy makes us look at and focus on? Uh, But it seems like, um, you know, the enemy that is now at the forefront of people's minds is provision. Am I going to have enough? With inflation being the way that it is, with, uh, you know, wages not matching expenses, all of these things, will I have enough? And even if that wasn't the case, I know that there are many people in here, I've been here myself, where you have needs, And there are legitimately things you want to do, and sometimes it's real simple, right? It's just the simple stuff you want to do for your children for Christmas, or the simple things you want to do for your wife, or something you want to do for somebody that you love. And it's not a need, but it kind of is. You know, it's one of those things where you feel like you need to do it. Like, if you don't have it, it's not like you're going to die, or they're going to die, But it's like there's a piece of you that will, like if it doesn't come through, because you want to be good to them, and you want to see these things happen, or you're you're looking at your your household, and it's like, man, we we need a new vehicle, or we need um, a new furniture, or we're at this place where we're, we're not walking in what we know we could be walking in, and it's frustrating, and it's vexing, and God says, come to me. All you who are weary in this area of your life, and I will give you rest. Uh, because there is not one need you have in your life that I do not have a supply for. I am the Lord who sees, and I'm also the Lord who supplies. 
He is Jehovah Jireh. Now, this is all throughout Scripture, but my favorite passage of Scripture concerning this is one that's probably familiar to you all, and I want this to be a golden text for you, because it's not the word that you know that blesses you, it's the word you put faith in. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says, the word profited them nothing, not mixing faith with the word that they heard. And so we all probably know this scripture if you, you've been churched in any length of time. If you haven't been churched, this is about to blow your mind what we're about to read. But if you have been church, here's what I want you to do. I want you to mix faith with this word. I want you to stand on this word. I want you to mix your faith, your belief with this word. And somebody says, well, how do you know if you've got faith there? Whenever you're in faith, you're excited about it. Uh, if you're in faith, uh, you're not worried about it. You're more, you're more aware of God's supply than your need. When you are in faith, you are excited about the Word of God, and I want us to get excited today about Philippians 4 and verse number 19. Uh, here Paul writes something, and he's talking to them about money and finances. We'll read the whole context of it uh, in a minute. But watch what he says here in Philippians 4 and verse 19. He says, "In my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, for fun, let's read it again. My God will supply everyone of our needs according, notice, not to my job, my relatives, my income, what I make every two weeks. He will supply our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I was talking to someone two weeks ago, and they said, you know, I, I was new to the faith, and I started reading scripture, and I got to Philippians 4 and verse 19, and it was the first scripture that ever became real to me. And he's like, you couldn't wipe the smile off of my face. He's like, God cares about my needs? And like, he is going to supply my needs according to his riches? And he said, it just went all throughout to me. And, and, and what this means is faith is arising in our hearts. And this is what we want. And so, I, you know, I'm just going to keep harping on this until it happens in, in your heart. Because it, it's not a matter. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? There's everyone touching Jesus, but she touched with faith. Uh, and why? She was excited about it. When she heard of Jesus... Uh, something just went all over her, like God's about to move in my life. And she got excited about it. And this is what I want you to get excited about is God's about to move in your life. Uh, God can and he longs to supply all of your needs according to his riches. Uh, and I don't care what that need may be. There is no need too big God doesn't have a supply for. Jesus was in hell, and God had a big enough supply to get him out. And I don't care what you're in. I don't care what mess you made for yourself financially. I don't care what you're in. God has a supply that is big enough to get you out of whatever you got yourself in. He's a good God. In the Old Testament, there was a, a woman, her husband passed away, and when he passed away, apparently he was not managing money right, and, and because of this mismanagement, he had a ton of debt, 
And so when she is, is a widow now, she's also dealing with the pressure of the debt of what she has. And as a mom, you know, this is like, how am I going to provide for my family? But then the creditors come to her and they say, we're going to make your sons work off that debt. And she's at this place where she's already lost her husband and she's already going through this financially. And now her sons are going to have to pay the price for their lack of mismanagement uh, of finances. But she turns to the Lord and she realizes that her supply is not met by her job. Her supply can be found in her God. And how many of you know your God is bigger than your job? Our God is bigger than our economy. It's bigger than the world's economy. Um, and so out of that, she talks to the prophet, and the prophet says, don't be alarmed. What do you have in your house? And she said, I got a little, I got a jar with a little bit of oil. He's like, that's all God needs. God is good enough with your little enough. Uh, God can take your little enough and turn it into something that is more than enough. Just, just ask the little boy who had five loaves and two fish what God can do with not enough. God can take not enough and turn it into more than enough because he is the God who sees and provides. And she starts pouring out this little bit of oil of what she has, and it keeps pouring, and it keeps pouring, and it keeps pouring. And as she's pouring out, she's like, bring me another vessel, and they bring another vessel, and it fills up that vessel. And finally, uh, she says, bring me another vessel, and they, she says, there, there are no more. And the oil stopped, which is a, a very interesting lesson in your own expectations, um, and the oil stopped, it stayed, and the, the prophet said, okay, now go sell the oil, and she sold the oil, paid off all her debts, and had enough to live off of. You know why? She saw God can supply all of her needs according to his riches and glory. Um, and, and in my own life, I've seen this happen time and time again of God supplying needs according to his riches and according to his power. Um, I can remember I was sitting in a service and, um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm sitting there, and there was a, a guy on the front row, uh, a preacher, and the, the preacher who was on stage was preaching, and he, he looked at him, and he pointed to him, and he called out his name, and I didn't know this man, but he called his name, and he said, you, sir, and um, um, he looked up, and he said, God's about to perform a miracle in your life, and I'm like, wow, that's a great word for him. And I'm looking at him, and the Lord said, you're going to be the channel that miracle flows through. <laughs> and he said, I want you to find him, and I want you to give him $50,000 from your church to his church. $50,000 from your church. I never met the guy. And so, he, you know, service ends, and I'm trying to fight to go to the front row, and he's walking off. And as he's walking off, like, I'm, I'm literally running behind him to tell him. I felt the moving of the waters, God trying to bring beauty. And so I tap him on the shoulder and I'm like, hey, he turned around. And he's like, I, I said, I thought that was awesome when God spoke over you. Like God's about to do a miracle. He's like, yes. I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to help with that miracle. And I told him, I said, when he said that, the Holy Spirit told me for my church to give your church $50,000. And he broke, broke. Man, I love the moving of God's spirit. He broke. And he's like, my brother. He said, I came up here to this camp meeting. He said, it's summer. Camp meeting generally falls during the summer. And uh, for a lot of churches, um, their income dwindles in the summer because so many people are vacationing. 
uh, and those types of things, so they're spending money in other places. And so a lot of times summer months can be kind of lean. And he said, it got so bad uh, that um, I had to pay my own personal way to come to this conference. And he said, I, I almost did not come because I'm like, Father, I need to put my personal money back in the church to kind of keep it going. And he said, during the afternoon service, I came down to the altar and I just surrendered to the Lord. And I said, God, I know you're faithful. And I know what I'm doing is what you have called me to do. And I know, Father, you said in your word that you would supply each and every one of my needs according to your riches. And he said, I don't see how this money can come from my congregation right now, but I am not limited by this congregation. I am only limited according to your riches. And I thank you, Father, you are meeting the needs of my church right now, however you can. He gets that word, and God spoke and, and told me to give him that. And he said, the, the, the amount of money I told God that I needed was $50,000. I'm like, come on, brother. And we just rejoice right there in the middle of it. How many of you know God's not limited? He's not limited. He's not limited. He's not li You could be at a brook, and God sends a bird to feed you right there. He's not limited according to what you have. He's limited according to our faith. And I want to encourage you, get in faith. Believe to see, David said, I would have fainted if I didn't believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I want you to get your faith up and believe to see God's goodness. I was in Birmingham, Alabama a couple of years ago, and I was passing through and had to get gas and um, was filling up with gas, and I had a, 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 a hankering for a Diet Pepsi. I don't know why. Don't judge me, uh, but it was there, and so I went into the, the, the Chevron, and I get the Diet Pepsi. I go up to go check it out, and I'm looking at the, the, the cash register, and I look up and see the lady behind it, and the Lord speaks to me. I sense the moving of the waters, and he said, take out all the money from your wallet and give it to her. I'm like, okay. Uh, and so, <laughs> I, honestly, I was hesitant, not because of what was in my wallet. I've learned, this is what it means according to his riches. When you are a member of the kingdom of God, you own nothing. And so all over the world, there are people who are this surrender to the Lord Jesus. You ask for Abraham, we'll wake up early the next morning. And God owns the cattle of a thousand hills because he has servants who understand it doesn't belong to us, it belongs to him. So God can move all over the world. Uh, and so I'm there, and it wasn't because of the money. I'm like, this is going to be awkward. There was, this is like the busiest Chevron, apparently, in all of Birmingham. I'm like, I don't know this lady. This is going to be awkward, so I didn't do it. And so I'm walking out of the Chevron. I'm going back to my car. And like the whole time, I feel the pressing of God's spirit. This is what it means. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. It's a rubbing on the inside. It's his spirit bearing witness with your spirit. And it, when I say God told me, it's just a sense it's just a, like a knowing, and some of you got that maybe even this week. You were at a place, and it's like a knowing. I need to get out of this. Or you were dating somebody. Come on, don't make me get personal. You were dating somebody, and like there's a knowing of like, I do not need to be in this relationship. That's God. Uh, so out of that, his spirit bears witness with your spirit. You have an unction, a rubbing, a knowing from the Holy One, and you know all things. That doesn't mean you, you wake up knowing pre-algebra. Uh, it means you know what you need to know. You have an unction, a rubbing. And I knew, walking back to the car, I knew, like, give her all your money in your wallet. I'm like, oh, 
So I go back inside and I'm like loitering in the, the store, like just kind of walking around. Uh, and like I'm, I'm there just kind of like picking up different items and looking at them. But really what I'm trying to do is find a moment where this gas station is not as busy, where I can like have a, a Jesus encounter with this lady. It never got that way. So I just waited in line. I'm like, I'm going to buy gum. And so I'm there. I'm just taking the gum. It's like the cheapest thing I can get that gives her more, more money. And so like I'm there and I buy the gum and I'm, she's, you know, because they're kind of up. And I look at her and I say, look, I said, you need to know something. I said, you see me walking around. I'm like, I'm sorry, that was awkward. Uh, I'm like, I felt it was awkward. Maybe it was just me. But I'm a Christian, and I really felt like I am supposed to give you all the money in my wallet, that God sees you, and he knows exactly what you need. And I reach in my wallet, I give her all the money. And she just starts bawling. She said, two days ago, I made a decision to leave an abusive relationship. And she said... I knew to get out of that abusive relationship long before I did, but she said, I did not know how I would make it financially if I left this relationship. I told the Lord this morning, God, some way you are going to have to make a way for me to have enough to be able to pay my bills so I do not go back to the place I need to be running from. And how many of you know, God saw her, God sees her today. And God will meet all of her needs according to his riches in glory. And I just want to encourage you in that. There's so much more in Philippians 4 that I, I could teach you to like, you know, qualify for because this was written to people who not only wanted their needs met, it was written to people who wanted to meet the needs of others. And, and God promised to meet all of our needs, but not all of our greeds. Like, we can't be at this place where we take Christianity and just make it about us. And they didn't. They were making it about others. But what Paul was saying is, just as you have met my needs and have been a supply to me financially, God will meet your needs and will be a supply to you financially. But I just want to encourage you, like, no matter what you're going through, maybe it is a business or maybe it is a personal situation. Or maybe you're here today, and you know what? You're blessed. You don't have any needs. Like, genuinely, you don't have any, and that's a wonderful thing. But maybe you're here, and this message was designed by the Holy Spirit to let you see God needs to meet some needs through you, and he's entrusted you with some of his rich. Come on, somebody, with his riches. And out of that, to go and, like, be led by God's Spirit on who needs what in this season. It happens all the time. I was in Kroger the other morning uh, over in Madison, and I'm there in Kroger. I see a lady behind the cash register, and the Lord tells me to give her a specific amount of money. And, you know, she's, you know, checking out, and she was talking about how she didn't feel good and, you know, those types of things. And I'm like, the Lord told me to just give you this. And she looks up at me and she says, Pastor Joel. <laughs> and I'm like, hello. She's like, you don't know me. She's like, I go to your church all the time. She's like, I almost didn't come into work today because I felt so bad. Um, but she said, I, I needed the money. And she said, look at God. And I'm like, look at God. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. Now here's my point. The Lord does know what you need. And his hand is not slack where he cannot give it. But we got to have our faith in our good shepherd that he is bringing me into provision and peace. He is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory 
by one Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for each and every person on all of our campuses. And Father, we just thank you that your spirit would move upon all of our hearts to bring comfort to those who need uh, a need met and to bring guidance to those who may be able to meet needs. And Father, I thank you in this season that we're not going to be just need-led, we're going to be spirit-led. But Father, we thank you, your spirit shows us the needs we need to meet. And Father, we thank you through your obedience, we will be a supply to those who need it. And Father, to all of those who are facing a, a need, Father, I thank you that they stand on your word and boldly say that our God will supply all of their needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we love you so very much, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to invite everyone to stand to your feet today at all of our campuses. You know what we like to do. We like to end in worship. So come on, church, let's lift our voices unto the Lord. Let's give the Lord praise and glory that is due unto his name. I like what the psalmist said. He said, I will bless the Lord, and his praise will continually be on my lips. Come on, church, let's worship the Lord today.